0: This is
1: Crystal Rabale, and you're listening to the First Deal Show. Welcome to the First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. I have a very special guest, Crystal Rabale, who I met um, back in February at a conference. So it's so nice to have Crystal back on the show, or to have her on the show, um, and for you guys to get to know her. So Crystal, all right, uh, so Crystal Rabale. I keep wanting to say Rabale, but it's Rabale. Um, so Crystal Rabale has a corporate background in making systems more efficient and she's currently transitioning into becoming a full-time real estate investor. So I'm super excited to have her on the show because 402, I'm sure there are plenty of you who are looking to make that transition from your corporate careers into something like real estate. So welcome, Crystal.
0: Thank you, I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to have you, I'm so excited that she is an angel because I messaged her randomly last minute and she was like, yeah, let's do it. So I love it when people are accommodating and will come out to hang out with me for a little bit. We always start the show the same way and to warm you up because it's probably been a while since you've had to talk so much about yourself. We have a little kiss me segment where you're just giving me a little peck to get to know you. And the 402, of course, obviously. So the first question is, what was the first album that you purchased?
0: So I'm not super old, but it wasn't probably album or it it was maybe a mixtape or something along those lines, but I couldn't even think of what that would be. But I could tell you my first concert I ever went to was Juvenile, which is super old school to me, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the first concert i had ever went to. So that's probably the first thing that came up when I saw that question. Oh, so juvenile, like what's their hit song? That's that thing up. I won't say the <laughs> old, old school. So it's funny. That and I, I could think of like Destiny's Child when they were Destiny's Child. I saw them. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. um So kind of reeling it back into real estate, what was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing
0: in real estate? Um really um uh, to cuz I would say I started really investing in real estate the past year and a half um doing like more actively investing um and I would say it's more mindset limited mindset thinking that you have to have all this cash flow saved up in order to get a property um I think that's one thing that was very it's the mindset it's a limited mindset and um that was probably the most thing that was holding me back thinking that I couldn't do it that others could um and seeing how they did it so now learning how they did it is what you once you learn it's and you just start to network with others that have already done it you just realize how much you can do it's really up to you what you're willing to do
1: yeah that's great and i think that's something that we all i mean even i struggle with that too right Mm -hmm. um so what's something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you
0: So during the pandemic, I was extremely busy with my W-2 job. Um, It was even worse than before the pandemic. So I work for a company that um, does payroll. (laughs) Um, So, of course, during the pandemic, we had to transition from moving them from getting their, if they had checks that were going to their offices, to their restaurants, to all the businesses, to then switch it over To then, you know, get it to employees' home addresses. It was such a busy time for us, and then all the tax rules and stuff. That was such a busy time for us. So truly, during the pandemic, I was really jealous of all the people that, as much as I, you know, things that just stayed home and they got to have, you know, Netflix and chill. And I would see all those memes and all these things, and I'm, I was so busy. But that truly led me to. I got really burnt out because the amount of hours I was working, um, and I started thinking, what what can I do um, to supplement this income or to, you know, get a better life balance? Um, And that was, I would say a little bit right after the pandemic, as things were starting to open up, I really started looking and educating myself more on real estate investing. So that's, I, if I learned anything, it was, um, I think a lot of us learned is the value of your, your, your life, like the work-life balance and not to be spending, you know, 50, years of your life working 40 plus hours a week, and then having just a small window of time to be able to enjoy the rest of your life to retire. Um, so that was probably what I truly learned during the pandemic is that's, and I think a lot of us did, I think the teachers are medical professionals, that's exactly why one of my mentors, she was in the medical field. Um, and she saw that the amount of hours she was working and same thing. So I, I felt very you know, our stories are so aligned and just I think a lot of ours are is just getting burnt out. And then you realize what's truly important to you and what we're only on this earth for a limited time. And you need to really focus on impactful things and, and making money. It's a very it's a good tool, but that's not um, that's not what you're here for. You want to have that time freedom to then spend with your family, loved ones and make experiences and and enjoy, you know, life. Right. And enjoy it while you're here. So that was probably the biggest thing I learned during the pandemic.
1: And that is a great point because recently I was reading somewhere that um, apparently most people spend about 80,000 hours of their life working. And what happens is a lot of people spend so much time in their jobs that they forget how to live their life.
0: It's an identity thing for them. And even for me, I, I'm going to say it was an identity thing for me that was making a, and and unfortunately, I think it's a system that is set up that way to make you think, you know, once you go to school, after that, you get a job and then, you know, go up the corporate ladder. And when you look at it, what's the purpose of it, right? Whether you make a ton of money or not, if you don't have time to spend that money on, then what's the purpose of it? So yeah, Absolutely.
1: Awesome. So with that being said, you're feeling a little bit warmed up now, ready to start chatting. Thanks. So tell the listeners or four or two, where are you based and where are you investing.
0: I'm in El Paso, Texas. Um, currently all of my properties are here in El Paso, Texas. I am looking um, for some in the DFW area. I have family in the DFW area, so um, I'm, I'm hoping to get some closed within the next couple of months on, in, over there.
1: Awesome. So super local, hyper local, which I always think is the best, right? Invest where you live and in your backyard, which is great. So tell us, with all of that, where was your first deal?
0: So my first first deal, um, and I bought my first house. I was under contract at 18 and closed at 19. Um, And that was during the 2007, you know, right before the 2008 crash, where anybody and everybody was getting approved. Um, at the time, I had just graduated high school and I was looking to have a property or at least rent somewhere. And I was like, well, all the rents are this amount of money. What if I had bought a house? How hard would that be? <laughs> and you would think when I'm saying limiting beliefs, but um, even then, they have, you know, first time home buyer credits, all these different things. And for some reason, just because I was employed, <laughs> that's pretty much what it was, they gave me a loan. Um, I'm, you know, many people um, foreclosed and I didn't stay in that home long. I moved out within a year, um, just personal things that happened. Um, and I did not want to sell. Um, my realtor was like, um, You know, you could sell, but you're really not going to make anything if you sell it. So even then, I was like, I don't want to sell. I've always wanted a house, and I rented it out. Um, El Paso is a very big military town, it's one of the biggest um, army bases um, in the US. So, and where the house was is like the area that all the military stay. Um, It was a big, it was a pretty big house, so usually for a family. And I rented it out for nine years. For nine years, I had it rented out. Um, I moved into it um, for a few years because I was planning to fix it up and then um, sell it. I mean, sorry, fix it up and then rent it out again. Um, But the market in 2020 is when I sold it. Um, It was just really, it was going up. And I did not ever think I was going to be able to sell it for the price that I did. Even then, um, it's worth more now from when I sold it in 2020. Um, But what my thought process was, because what I learned from the pandemic, is how do I buy my time, right? Um, And I started researching, reading books about investing. And the one thing I kept coming across was, um, like, how many properties do I need to purchase to then supplement my income? And at the time, I had told one of my friends, she actually went to the conference that we went to in February, too. Um, I'm looking to buy maybe a 10, 12 unit apartment. Um, And I was going to use the money from that property um, to then buy an apartment. Um, So I sold it um, and then I did buy the first apartment Um, and I did use that money to do it. But that is a whole different creative way of how I got that first apartment.
1: So kind of walk us through, like, wh- what did you buy it for in 2007, 08? And then what did you end up actually selling it for, right? Because I'm sure that you probably paid kind of high and then prices dropped, but then you were able to recapture it in 2020. Um, so
0: I, truly, I don't know if the prices dropped too much at that time. Um, maybe um, I just, I really didn't know what I was looking at at the time, right? I just knew I was like, I don't want to sell it. I don't plan to lose money to sell it to somebody else. Um, or, you know, foreclose on it, I refuse to do something along those lines. So uh, for sure, I was like, I either live in it and get roommates, um, or I'm going to rent it out. Um, And at the time, I, it was a, you know, it was a house, it was a four bedroom house, I did not need that for myself. So it would have been with roommates, if anything. Um, But no, I ended up renting it out. When I went to buy it, it was because I did not want to pay rent. And the way that in my head is that if I pay rent, I'm buying another property for somebody else. Um, so why not put that money towards something that I can own? And that's why I purchased a property. And actually, a, a teacher in my senior year kept talking about how important it was to invest in real estate. Um, and he would tell me that all the time. And I was like, really? So that kind of sparked that to look into purchasing. Because not ever, it wasn't something from like a family thing. It was literally teachers that I actually listened to. And in high school, you usually don't listen to them. You're ready to get out of high school and you know not not listen to any of that but that's one thing that i do remember and it resonates with me even now that they were always like wow. advocating for investing in real estate
1: oh that's great so how much did you buy the house for
0: so it was with the first time home buyer credit um, it was 3.5 down um and really i think because of the credits that we got uh, i got a $500 check back at closing um, so it was my earnest money that I put down was five hundred, and they gave me the five hundred back at closing. Yeah, the interest rate at the time was six point five percent, which is about the interest rates right now, more or less. Um, we're getting there, getting close to that. Um, but the payment is what I was like, I'm able to do this payment. And at the time, again, that was the amount of money, more or less, that I was planning to use to rent. Um, I held on to it. It was thirteen years total because I did move back into it. I was going to rent it out. I ended up having a roommate, house hacking. Um, while I was um, renovating the property and getting it um, ready for the next renters. Um, but what made me decide to sell it um, was going back to the, how I had already had another investment property, just one other. So I moved into that one when I sold it. Um, it has like a back in-laws quarter. And then the front house has, um, it's a it was rented out already. So I moved in to the back in-laws quarter. It was a 500 square foot property and i lived in it for a year and that's when i was educating on myself on uh, real estate investing and you know what number does it need to be so that's what made me realize to sell it instead of rent it um Mm. that way i can put that money into other properties
1: Mm, yeah that's great and so um then you snowballed and used that money to buy the current investment property or the apartment
0: unit that you have yeah so that one um is a friend um she's an agent she's like well i do know of an an owner that's looking to sell um and he's open to seller financing so that was my thought is okay it was a 26 unit i told her i needed a 10 12 i was not looking to do a 26 unit um but one thing that i learned is that they tell you you know if it's going to get you towards that goal and that goal to me was the time freedom you need to continue down that path um and that's what i started doing i um, I did go meet the owner. We walked the property it's, um, and we negotiated the sales price. We did seller financing and then we did also bank financing because doing it even on a 26 unit, the sales price was $1.4 million. Normally, your lenders are going to ask for at least 20% down. I didn't have 20% down of $1.4 million. So what I did is I, we structured it with seller financing and then um, the lender financing with so the local credit union was the amount to pay off his existing loan. Um, and then we did 20% of that, whatever we financed with the bank.
1: Wow. So how much did he have left on the loan?
0: He had about 400000 left on the loan. Um, so we did, a, and a, we actually structured it to where we put 110000 down. So I did get a partner on that property, um, and we both did 55000 each of our own capital um, to purchase it. That then led us, that same seller, um, had another apartment complex a street away. It was a 21 unit apartment. Um, He initially showed it to us and for the sales price he wanted, um, I told him, no, it doesn't make sense. It would be in the negative. It's not making money right now um, because he had eight units under construction and four of them were like at the studs. So eight units vacancy with 21 units total, it's a high vacancy rate, right? Um, so the sales price he wanted I was like it's not something that we can do at this time you know thank you for the first one you know good luck on the second one hope you you know you'll find somebody basically um he about a couple weeks later after we closed on the first one he's like are you sure maybe we could negotiate something do a you know a little less sales price um, maybe a credit so we i looked at the deal again and at that time I was like well we could do the same type of structure with seller financing some bank financing but we're going to need some credits um, because there's those units that are not done and I have to take that into account. And then the amount of time that it's going to take to get them done. So that one with the seller financing, it was negotiated with four months of no seller financing mortgage payment. Plus a seller credit of 30 K at closing. um, As well as what else we we got a with the bank. They also gave us 60,000 within the loan to do renovations, to get those units to where they need to be. So after we closed, um, we got a check back. So we had to go with 60,000 down um, to get the property because the bank wanted us to see us do 20,000, I mean, 20% down. Um, And we financed 300,000 with the bank and we did 20% down. So we came up with 60,000. The next day they gave us a check for $104,000. So net, we had a credit of forty-four thousand um, to purchase that second property. So it's the owner of the property. He was like, "I almost, I basically paid them to buy this apartment complex for me." And that's, I mean, it's a win-win situation for us all. He was able to get the sales price he wanted. Um, we were able to, you know, defer payments on the seller financing so we can get those units where they need to be. That one closed in April. Um, we're actually. Still not done with the units because of some of the delays, of course, because of COVID. Um, But they're expecting to be done by the end of this month.
1: Oh, nice. So did you have to turn over any of the, um, besides the eight that were, you know, vacant? Did you have to fix up any of the rest? Did any of the tenants move out? Like, how was the property management on it? Yeah,
0: so this um, owner, he... um, he honestly, he needed a property manager. I think if he had a property manager, he likely would not have sold. I think he was um, because COVID um, and some tenants not paying rent. Um, he didn't know what to do, and you know, it just had some issues with the tenants. Um, but we did. We are doing like light renovations to the units. So anybody that moves out, we're fixing. You know, the restrooms, replacing toilets, um, getting some painting, texturing. You know, light remodeling done, and getting the we fix- put new vanities. Um, and and look at doing that sometimes we'll replace the windows depending on on the condition of them because he had different units with different setup it was like he bought saw something on sale and put it there and then another unit looks different so um so we've been doing a lot more to make it more of the same right to make it more of the same type of units that's one thing that i'm big at coming from the background that i have let's make it more efficient um, let's buy a lot of the same things that we know if something breaks, we have things to replace it already because we bought the same type of items. Um, but we're only doing light renovations. We are, uh, we did have to deal with a few, we, when I say we, it's the property manager. So I did get a property manager cause I did not, again, with my overall goal of time freedom, I did not want to manage it myself and neither did my partner. Um, so we did get a property manager, so he deals with the tenants. Um, we did get many of the ones that were not the greatest tenants that were in place. Um, we did work to get them out um, and then renovate those units and get them where they need to be. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's great. And so how is it going with the 26 unit apartment building?
0: It's good. That one's um, that one's good. That's when I closed down in February. Um, that one's probably, um, I would say, pretty stable now. Um, with all the tenants and everything. Um, So we had some tenants that were just not tenants that were good. um, And we want to make sure it's a safe place for everyone, Um, especially like, you know, people with family. Um, So we worked with a lot of them, our property manager um, interviewed every single one of them. Um, But it's been great. That one is definitely stable. Um, The one that the 21 unit one is the one that we should be getting to a more stable place probably in the next month. Now that those units will be completed, Um, even with, because it was April. So just in a few months, um, for us to be able to get where we need to be on that, that property.
1: Oh, wow, that's great. So crystal, if you could go back in time and kind of, you know, you took a, a little bit of a break from real estate right after buying that first property in '08, and then coming back to it, like if you could give yourself a piece of advice, um, going back to your high school days or whatever, what would that piece of advice be?
0: Um, Education, honestly, Um, educating yourself financially um, is super important. It's key. And that's what resonated. That's why we met at at the conference, um, just your story in itself and and your education background and what you do for the students. I think that's why when you asked me last minute, can you join a podcast? I'm like, yeah, because I truly believe that helping good people do good things um, can make a huge impact in this world. Um, so I think education on whatever it is that you're, you're passionate about, but that will help you get your time freedom back. Um, and that's, that's what I would say for that.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, oh, if if the educate four... yourself and listen. <laughs> I did listen a bit, but yeah, just educate yourself and, um, honestly climbing the corporate ladder and the, the amount of hours that you work, it's not worth it.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that. Um, I had a previous guest on the show who talked about how she was literally pregnant and at her office until midnight. And she was like, oh, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. Like, I should not be working this hard when I'm pregnant.
0: And then the little amount of weeks they get off and then their baby's still a newborn pretty much and they are expected to go back to work. It's not, yeah, it's not the way it should be
1: yeah um so with that being said what's the best way for the 402 to connect with you if they want to learn more about crystal or just talk to you about your properties and what you're up to
0: yeah they can reach out um on instagram um linkedin um it's under my first last name there's not a special name i don't have any website or anything um i'm still fairly new to real estate investing i know it doesn't sound like it um but definitely reach out i'm more than happy to help answer any questions um for anybody that may have any questions and yeah i'm linkedin i think that's the only thing the only ways to get a hold of me (laughs) as of right now
1: yeah perfect so thank you so much again crystal for coming on and that is all folks 402 did you learn something or take away a golden nugget then i'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal story or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday.